The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. It's time to talk money. Oh, go figure. Look at that. It's the Financial Guys radio program. What the heck is that? It's Glenn Wiggle. Oh, my gosh. And Mike Lomas. Oh, would you look at that? Look at that. Look at that. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930. Toll free, 1-800-616-WBEN, and cell calls are free at star 930. Now, live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. <laughs> All righty, welcome back. <laughs> I don't know where Glenn got that introduction. Lomas. Oh, that it, was yeah. a Lomas one? Lomas right. and Olivia Lomas. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I just start cracking up. you got to see them. you got to see the videos. Hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. Great pr- new promos. Um, this is Mike Hayflick and Jeff Boron, by the way. If you'd like to reach Glenn and Mike right now, get your pencil out. I'll give you Glenn's cell phone number. Ready? Uh, <laughs> uh, he'll, be, he'll, he'll, he'll answer you between and, casts. And here's Mike Lobos. Yeah, imagine. All or Glenn's shooting something. What, or shooting, <laughs> practice shooting. <laughs> well, well-deserved uh, day off for Glenn and Mike. Uh, they were instrumental in running uh, a, a national conference that we had uh, down at the Buffalo Marriott Harbor Center. Yeah, right? great place, too. Great place. They did you know, a great I've never job. been in there. It, honestly, I felt so good about Buffalo. I when too. I walked in there and I said, I don't feel like I'm in Buffalo as I knew it. Not at all. It's we have phenomenal. a lot of guests, like some from Toledo, Ohio, some from Florida, Long Island, and geez, Texas, lots of states uh, were covered. And everybody said, what a cool place. And we were able to literally just watch some of the hockey practices going on. At, right. At I went over, you know, ranks. I went over to get a cup of coffee. I said, like, wait a minute, there's, there's a hockey rink inside the hotel. It's really cool. Really amazing. Thanks was, to... Uh, I, th- I think that was a Pagula project, wasn't yes, it? Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah, private money coming into our area. Well, I'd like happens. to thank Mayor Byron Brown for staying out of the way, so some of this <laughs> stuff could be could actually be done. Well, also, I'd like to thank Brian Higgins because he was instrumental in cutting the ribbon. Yes, he you was. Know, so he showed up after everything was done, cut the ribbon, and shook some hands like he, he had something to do with it. And likely stayed out of the way. As yeah, you said, stay out of the way. It's the best thing. That's why Buffalo's growing. And that's yeah. that's how private yeah. investment should work, right? That's Just right. Just get out of our way. Let us do what we do well. Um, yeah, great event. Great event. In fact, a lot of fun. Jay Blanchard, he had finished his ride for widows just about a week ago, I think. Finished. Yeah. Um, Jay's back and uh, amazing, amazing um, what Jay did, 4,200 miles from Oregon all the way to Virginia Beach, basically. I stopped um, in to talk, talk to Jay yesterday and uh, I said, wow, Jay, you look amazing. And he lost, I think, 10 pounds, he said, on this ride. And I said, uh, you know, is it going to go? And he said, no, I've got more to lose. Oh, geez. I still have, you know, like 3% body fat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> it's like, here, here, Jay, have a donut, please. He did a great job. We were so yeah. proud of him. And, and uh, actually, his son, his son, Gabriel, was actually at the uh, rinks. Right, practice. I think it was Thursday, right? The, the longer day for us. 
And here he is uh, in some developmental camp. Um, and I, I, I don't want to jinx it, but NHL bound possibly. That would be wonderful. Great hockey player, Gabe Blanchard. Local so, kid from Buffalo. Really cool. Um, and uh, David Bellavia gave kind of a nice, uh, he was a keynote speaker and uh fantastic job oh my gosh what a story i could i could listen to david i i do listen to him quite often if i don't have appointments if i'm in my car throughout the week listening to him and and bowerly um great great guests great event um again led by mike and glenn here so uh, uh jeff and i we had actually said you know we could do the show that weekend of the the 21st and they kind of forgot when they knew that we were doing it. They said, "Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome!" Yeah, so they we were, were burned out. They were burned out. They had yeah. a lot. And the so, meeting just finished yesterday. So, yeah. uh, and at the uh, had the first kind of uh, initial large meeting mm-hmm. at the new office building. Yeah, new office. I, I hate to say, I didn't know if I should say anything much on the air oh. because we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So right. don't don't if you are a client or a prospective client thinking you're coming to see us, don't worry. We're still at six six three one Main Street. Um, in the back right of the parking lot there as we've been. But, um, yeah, new office, um, nearly open. I guess it's open, but it's getting renovated. So um, we were able to show some of our um, extended partners that building, and uh, we're pretty proud of that, too. So um, here we are, Mike uh, Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron with you today, the financial guys. Uh, if you want to reach us throughout this whole show, uh, we're here till 3 o'clock. Don't wait till the end of the show. 803-0930, star 930 from your cell. If you are calling from out of the area, 1-800-616-9236. Right, and if you have anything to talk about with what's going on in the news, you know, with uh, Trump, Russia probe, sure. um, you know, Mueller, any of that stuff, give us a call now because uh, second half of the show, we're going to talk a little bit more about money and some things like that. Mm-hmm. So now would be the time if you want to uh, give us a call. Uh, most of you are probably on a cell phone on a beautiful day driving around. Maybe you got a top that goes down. Star 930 on a cell phone, you can reach us and... Uh, uh, chime in on anything going on. It's been a, not a real active news week. Not too much. I, I know um, one of the things that I do is I, I uh, in fact, we have a, a one of our uh, chartered financial analysts, wealth managers, investment portfolio managers, guru, John Third, calling in a little bit later. And whenever I want to know, like, hey, John, what's going on? You know, what's going on with the economy because of, and you can fill in the blank, because of t- trade talk with China. Interest trade rates. Wars, interest rates, earnings reports. I mean, you can go on and on. John usually has a really, really good sense of what's going on. Yeah, I think we're still in what's called, what, consolidation of the market since January 26th. And here we are um, almost oh, six months later, and we're kind of trading sideways. Yeah, it's it's been. I mean, we had uh, obviously hit a nice peak in uh, January, but, uh, you know, came down with what would be con- considered a correction. And now we're kind of leveling out. You know, the uh, Dow at about 25. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, and uh, we don't mind it. We don't mind the volatility. We like to take advantage within the models and strategies that we employ uh, as an investment firm. Um, sideways is okay. You know, you can take advantage of the little dips along the way and that's right. um, rebalance portfolios and so forth. Yeah, it's a good time to take some of those profits off the table by rebalancing your portfolio. If you haven't done so, uh, now would be a great time. Um, either see uh, a financial professional, you can call our office, mm-hmm. or if it's something you do yourself, it's probably a good time to do that. Yeah, and, and you know, try not to just make changes without really understanding what you're trying to do. You know, have an objective. Try to come up with the plan, you know, the old adage of, um, you know, fail to plan, plan to fail. It really does apply. I mean, you might get lucky and end up where you wanted to be, retire at exactly the moment you hoped to, but... With some planning, you can really increase the probabilities of that success. Um, I'll, I'll listen to some of the shows throughout the week, right? And, uh, you know, there are some national shows. 
And one of the pet peeves I have is when they, they say, you know what, let's take a portfolio and let's just improve it or let's, let's analyze it. And you never hear them talk anything about, well, this is the attitude of this investor. This is, right. you know. What's, this, what's the goal? What's, what's this money for? What's right. he trying to accomplish? Right. That's what real financial planning is as opposed to my portfolio is better than your portfolio. Absolutely. Like that's not, we're not in the business to try to beat the people next to us or across the street from us or in this city or that. What we often do is we'll take people through homework. We have to identify what do you need. That's expenses. We're not budgeters. We're not going to tell you, ah, oh, come on, you're going to Fridays or you know some favorite restaurant. Too many often. cups of Starbucks can't do that. Can't do that. No, you got to <laughs> cut that out. Like we do not do that, but we do need to know what are your goals. And um, before you try to to tweak your portfolio and tr and you try to to guess on certain stocks and so forth, really come up with what are your objectives. What are you trying to do? Um, and where are you trying to go and at what point, okay? So All right, we're going to take out the week. Yeah, 633-1515. If you want to go through a portfolio analysis with us, go through our homework process, um, just, you know, call right. in. I forgot, during the week we have another job. We manage money. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and we get back. we got a couple callers lined up already, and we'll get to those. We're going to talk a little bit, I think, about uh, what we're spending on this uh, Russian witch hunt, uh, as Trump calls it. Yeah. Uh, $20 million so Keeps far. Keeps clicking away, yeah, right? Click, yeah, click so you're listening to the financial guys. Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron here in today for Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. Don't turn that dial. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. My, I feel like I need a drink with a long straw, <laughs> a big umbrella above me. I had to make Frank's job easy and give him the song list, so you'll hear a <laughs> eclectic mix of songs today. Love it. But anyways, as we were talking before we went to the break and before we talked to a couple of callers, we've, uh, I believe, passed $20 million in the probe mm -hmm. on Russia and their interference in the election. What's come out of that so far is we've indicted 12 Russians. Okay, what are we going to do now? No Americans, mm -hmm. and we found out that they hacked in and probably read and got some information off people's computers, but no evidence that that information was used to do anything with regards to the election. Trump was involved. Obama did know about it, which is really interesting. Yeah, did, that is, uh, yeah. Did nothing or turned his back on it. So, sure. But you think about a waste of taxpayer money, and it just continues and continues, and uh, Rudy Giuliani just said enough of this nonsense. He just sent out a tweet you know, yeah, let's yeah. let's stop this. You know, let's just say President Trump had nothing to do with this. And of course, the liberals are out there saying, well, you know, he had a closed door meeting with Putin and it was probably mm -hmm. how are we going to cover this up? And they want to try and find <laughs> the interpreters, right? right. Oh, of course. They're, they're going to drill the interpreters. The only ones meetings. in the room. You know, so here's Mueller's office in eh, about a about a month and a half ago said they were they're well within the approved budget. And I'm thinking. In the same article here, it says, and it's an article, political art article, it says it's an open-ended type of uh, um, investigation. So is there really a budget? You know, they spend money, our taxpayer <laughs> money, like like it's you and I going to Tim Hortons for a cup of coffee. Absolutely. You oh, know, yeah. you think about what some of this money could be that's just a total waste. You know, through a couple months, they had, they had a half a million dollars in travel expenses. Mm -hmm. you know, where are these people going? 
I have no idea. And uh, it doesn't seem like it's coming to a, a near end. Um, we'll see, I guess. We'll see. So you want to uh, take a call, Mike? Yeah, let's take a couple calls. We got Pete from Ontario, and Joe is on deck, so don't go anywhere. Let's get Pete here. Hi, Pete. Hey, guys. It's a pleasure. Listen, I, I, I want to, we, we take a step backwards yesterday. We listen to Joe Geneva, Geneva who we all know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tony Podestin is his uh, criminal brother. Getting immunity while, uh, to go against Manafort while he's sitting in solitary 23 hours. Mm-hmm. This is what I, my question is. Where the hell, for one thing, is this Attorney General Jeff Sessions? And why isn't Trump pulling him into the office, let everybody come, yep. let anybody in that wants to hear it, look him in the eye and say, you are a disgraceful little man. Mm-hmm. What yep. the hell are you doing? Agree. Lay out a, a full scat paper with point form facts and say, sir, what the? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to finish beep. your sentence there. We got to beep you out there. I agree, Pete. I I don't know. That's a that's a really a good mystery. Um, since he's been in that position, I mean, there's always talk of why isn't he doing this and why is he allowing that? And I really don't know that yet. I'm 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 actually I'm intrigued by it because. I think our president is very strategic. He's very right. astute at these types of things. He could have fired him a long time ago, and he hasn't. But you know as well as I do, the problem with that is automatically Rod Rosenstein is a criminal, mm-hmm. right, is now going to be the attorney general, which he is right now. Sure. Kept a little bit down because of, of Jeff Sessions. Yeah, because he, was, he recused himself. Yeah, exactly. Listen, there's absolutely no question that if, if if there's no blue wave and we get the we, we get another 10 15 congressional seats that are that are, are anything going in is going to be conservative you, you mm-hmm. as well as I do that and and we get 13 seats or 9 seats whatever it is to make up a supermajority in the senate mm-hmm. we're going to have is overnight you're going to see Jeff Sessions send packing and and mm-hmm. the greatest party of the american people that are engaged in all this are going to go what is with this Alabama man? Mm-hmm. Who has paid him off? That's right. Who are they holding over his head? Because this is stuff America has never seen before, how lawless this is. Right. I, there's 50,000 facts to put the millions, like piles of these people in jail. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I swear to God, guys, I just don't get it. It's like an alternate reality at times when I'm listening and, and hearing all of the different facts and the, the uh, gosh, the, the data, the evidence they've got. And then it never leads to anything. You know, it always just seems like, yeah, but that's okay. You know, just think about it this way, Pete. We, as American citizens or, you know, you up in Ontario, we only hear the tip of the iceberg. Could you imagine mm-hmm. the data, the evidence, the things that are really out there that are not disclosed to the public? Sure. You, you know what, guys, and a, a, a little bit of disclosure, 21 years in Center City, Philadelphia, owned a home 11 blocks from Liberty Bell. I, I you know, moved back here uh, probably, I guess, 11 years ago now. Um, family's up here, so on and so forth. But my, I, I feel that connection. I, I, uh, I, I work full-time Manhattan uh, for eight of my last years there. I would commute four days a week. Um, you know, so my heart and soul, uh, especially – being, you know, being, uh, you know, jumping on my rollerblades and, and cruising by the Liberty Bell and Constitutional mm-hmm. Hall, uh, the great 
the great countries in my heart. And, you know, I, I seem to get so upset phoning and, and with Sandy and, and, and uh, you know, over the, over the times I've talked to Rush and, and uh, uh, you know, I've been on his show, lucky to get in a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And the passion I have in my heart, there's so many people out there that aren't picking up the phone that have that too, that aren't, aren't uh, uh, their voice is only coming the day of the vote. Mm-hmm. I truly believe if your neighbor is just unengaged, but you know they're logical people, and you're engaged in this and know the facts, you got to go to your neighbor. You got to explain what's going on. It's not political. It's not political at all. Right. And here, here in Buffalo, if your only news source was the Buffalo News, you you wouldn't get any of the facts because it's such a left leaning liberal paper. The only thing they post is anti-Trump, anti-Trump editorials. You know, we have no news source. Babies from mothers' arms <laughs> at right. the border. In fact, here's a text, uh, Pete. You might like this. How about the money being spent to reunite those families stopped at the border because there is no plan? Who never should have been separated in the first place? How about they should have never crossed over our border in the first place? If they're literally refugees, they have there's a process of coming here for safety. They should not be crossing our border illegally at the risk of children being separated from their parents right. because that mom, is the law. Mom and dad broke the law. That's enforcement of the law. That's right. not a law that Trump put in. That's a, a law that Trump is enforcing. You saw Reuters yesterday come out with the main things Americans are worried about. That didn't even ping. Mm-hmm. Didn't even have a, a percentage point of people caring about about that part of it. You right. know what I mean? Like the Russia investigation was almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Them, it, it, a lot of Americans, sure they care about the kids and stuff like that. But as Americans, they're not worried about how that immigration. Anybody that's engaged is worried about how that immigration is, if they, if, if right. with their salt and, and, and have any common sense, they know it's not uh, a, a Trump thing that no. 7,000 individual children, uh, 7,000 uh, split from their parents in the time Barack Obama was in charge. Yet, so, so a lot of those engaged people know that. Let's just hope that we know that there's all these conservative people out there that don't even know the word conservative is what they are. Mm-hmm. They're just good Americans. They get out there. The, this is the next 10 months, guys, is it. This is the biggest midterms in not only modern history. It's, 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 it goes along the lines of the Civil War. Like, it, it really is massive. It really is, and I, I'm actually waiting to see what the the Democrats, uh, you know, what's their stance going to be? Yeah, what are they going to run on? What's their platform? Because they, they have no leadership position right now. They jump literally. They jump. It's almost like um, what's the game where you hit the the heads of those things when they come up through the hole? Oh, the whack a mole. The whack. It's like a whack a mole, <laughs> and the the mole comes up. They try to whack it. It gets underneath again, and up another hole. Here it comes, and they try to whack that. They don't have really any consistency in their message. And um, honestly, I just can't, for the life of me, think how they could turn the Congress in their favor. I just cannot imagine it. They can't do that. 26, they'd, they'd have to roll in 27 seats. They'd have to have that 27 seat. Not yeah. going to happen. Let's just hope what we see now is we're going to see Ryan on his way out. Mm-hmm. Mitch is, you know, at times he, he, he can work with us and work for us. He's keeping, he's keeping those guys around all of August. Mm-hmm. To, to push through more uh, judges and stuff like that. I, I'll tell you guys, you got to say it. It is the next 10 months. It's the Mueller investigation wrapping up or not. 
We're, we're, every day this Mueller guy's being exposed. Mm-hmm. Let, let's not, even the left, the hard left, knows this is bogus. I mean, all they have to do is Peter Strzok saying there's no there there two days after he accepts a job at the, uh, the, uh, in the Mueller crowd. I mean, the exposure of, of these 16 uh, uh, Democratic uh, lawyers that are uh, prosecutors that are working. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is this is disgraceful. Like it's it's it, alternative reality. You're right. It, it's but it doesn't make any sense. And Mr. Trump eventually is going to have to have the documents released. And what's with Trey Gowdy? Hmm. Like he's hot and cold. But he made another comment the other day. Oh, you look guilty. You know. Mm-hmm. You know. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. But you guys got to say one thing, though. This thing with Jeff Sessions. I mean, this man, he's not going to go down as the worst attorney general. He's going to go down as the most questioned about was he corrupted? Was he a jeopardy? You know, Mm -hmm. something must be there for this man to sit and do nothing. No doubt. I, I think, no doubt, Pete. Thanks for the call. I know we're going to end up hearing a lot more on that. And uh, it could just be another several months and before we uh, we actually see this all hopefully get closed up and uh, people can then focus on the more positive things like the economy. <laughs> right. Um, we're going to take a quick break here in just a moment. If you need us throughout the week, uh, 633-1515. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at FinGuys. Um, we do help people manage money throughout the week. That's how we make a living. Uh, we like doing the show here. Uh, this is Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron in today uh, for Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. Uh, we are the Financial Guys. We'll be right back after this quick break here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Little New Orleans music. I love it. Dwayne Dopsy. Is you that who it is? Yeah. Has. Dwayne Dopsy and the Hellraisers. Do you think you're going to end up there someday, like to live in New Orleans? I don't know, not in July and August, yeah. that's oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this this kind of reminds me of New Orleans weather in, in May, <laughs> but you know, you go down there in July and August, you, you physically melt. You'll always keep a place up here, I think, or at least oh, have, yeah. have some family up here to stay with. Uh, this is Mike Havlick, Jeff Boron, the Financial Guys radio show here on Saturdays, 1 to 3 every Saturday. In fact, now, if you haven't seen it already... Um, Channel 7, Saturdays, 9 a.m., Money Talks. Uh, fourth week, um, I actually hosted. We're going to have a friend, uh, John Thur, on momentarily. Um, and it was great, a lot of fun. Linda Pellegrino, a local legend, unbelievable pro. I Honestly, and I've met a few of these personalities here in Western New York. I don't know that there's one better. I, yeah, I, I, did, a, I did a college planning uh, session with when right. Linda was a phenomenal. What a professional. Just just makes it so easy so we feel so welcome over there at channel seven so thankful to them but if you want to tune into that or uh or you can uh, dvr it it's saturdays 9 a.m it's right after good morning america and right before linda pellegrino's am buffalo weekend show um so so happy to do that um folks we've got a great team of professionals in our office the financial guys um offices um, Jeff focuses on college planning for um, aspiring college-bound students and their families and the parents. I help people with Social Security claiming strategies. Um, we also have a 401k division. So if you, uh, you're, you're, you're a business owner out there and you're not sure how your 401k is serving your own employees and how it's serving you as the, uh, the business owner, 
have one of our folks actually talk to you about 401k plans and how they're not all the same. And there are some fees that you may not be aware of. And there's some liability if you're an employer. No question about it. And your plan is not set up right or you're not doing proper steps to manage that plan. Absolutely. You as the employer have some liability now. No doubt. You can't just say, well, I have a plan and and so isn't that enough? No, it's not enough. It's got to be a well-run plan. It has to have enough investment options and so forth. We have one of our partners here, Scott Tanker here. I'm going to just pull Scott in. Um, what's, yeah, here we go. Hey, Scott, are you there? I am. How are you folks? Hey, hey good. Scott, it's, it's Jeff Boron. How are Jeff you? Boron. I'm doing great. It looks like uh, we have some nasty weather down here near Atlantic City, New Jersey, but we're weathering it through. Oh, boy. Oh, that's right. It's darker here than most days have been. I think we've got some storms coming, too. Well, so can you tell us a little bit about what you, Jeff Fine, what you've, you, you've done here for our Financial Guys team in terms of informing business owners about 401k and the proper management of those plans? Well, um, 401k plans are, as we all know, retirement plans. And retirement plans, the objective is to attract, reward, and retain. Mm-hmm. Very few plans that can do it as well as a 401k plan for corporations from anywhere from two or three employees uh, up to whatever number of employees you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody should be putting in at least, when I say putting in, deferring money out of their paycheck, which is federally taxed. Uh, federally uh, not taxed, mm-hmm. depending on the state you live in, it may be taxed, it may not, but most states don't tax. But most people should be putting in the amount that is matched by the employer. So if right. the employer says, I'm going to give you 50 cents on a dollar up to 4% of pay, mm-hmm. and these employees should strive very hard to put in 4% of pay. Right. If not, you're giving up free money. That's you know, It's just a benefit the employer is offering, you're going to give it up if you don't match or, or, or meet the match. Absolutely. The scenario in the match is that it's subject to a vesting schedule, and the vesting schedules are typically no more than six years. Uh, So even if the match is subject to a vesting schedule, that doesn't matter. You'll still own some of it as long as you stay there a certain amount of time, and you'll own all of it, Mm -hmm. stay there for the full vesting schedule, which would be a maximum of six years. Speak to the um, the regulatory environment, Scott. How how have things changed over the years? And and I know with President Trump now in some of the you know the former initiatives that were seemingly moving along like full speed ahead, they've kind of stopped, right? But but tell us a little bit about that that area of the four hundred one k plans and and what impact does it have on business owners? Well, the major area that everybody talks about these days, and it's been around since nineteen seventy four when the Employee Retirement Income Security Act was was put into effect and signed by President Ford. Mm-hmm. But it's basically the who is responsible for taking care of the investments and the communication of those investments and the maintenance and monitoring of those investments. Mm-hmm. And the, the question has not been answered to the full extent of the law because you know that we still have these issues and these conflicts, and they tend to back off after they make a decision. My personal opinion is that I, uh, everybody who handles these duties is a fiduciary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should act accordingly. If you do the right thing as a fiduciary, you don't need to worry. And frankly, the rules are set up in such a way that it's not that difficult to do the right thing. Sure. What you really need, though, is that you need a record-keeping uh, process or you need an administration organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need an advisor who understands these things to make sure that you keep these uh, compliance notices to the employees and you kind of stay out of trouble. Yeah. Really yeah. not that hard. Uh, people get worried. They're all worried and this and that. Just have to follow the rules, and there aren't that many of them. They make sure you do the right thing. Sure. Right, but if there's not somebody there, a record keeper, advisor, keeping you posted on the rules, one, one you need to communicate to your employees 
and you know all the things that you need to do as far as reviewing the investments you know that employer you know can mm-hmm. get in trouble is that correct absolutely and the most important thing nowadays is to hire the right people because if they get you if you hire the wrong people even years later they can come back and uh, uh, you can be penalized you could have to pay a tremendous amount of money and contribution makeups you have to change your tax returns it gets very very messy and in today's world the IRS and the auditors are looking for problems. That's, sure. That's how they do things. So picking an administrator, picking a, uh, a, a administration firm, a record-keeping firm, picking an advisor, mm-hmm. a bundled package, make sure you're getting what you need to get so that the process is sound, secure, and vigilant. Awesome. You know what? Um, if you are a business owner, you might install mufflers and brakes. You might um, you might do x-rays for, for own, people. Own a landscaping company right. and you got employees. Yeah, uh, retail. Um, you, you likely are not 401k specialists. You likely want to have that as a as a benefit for your employees and, in fact, to take care, uh, take advantage of that yourself, but you might not be an expert in it. If you need help, if you want to get in touch with Scott Tanker or Jeff Fine, any of our 401k team members, reach us throughout the week, 633-1515. So business owners out there, don't take it for granted that things are okay. Let Scott Tanker, Jeff Fine, let our team uh, evaluate where you're at and what you're doing, and uh, maybe we can make some improvements. Right. Scott, thanks for, for popping in on us here today on a Saturday. We appreciate your time. Hey, guys, thank you so much. And remember, the most important thing is the employees in that plan. You got That's it. That's right. You got That's it. That's why they do it. Thanks, Scott. Take care. Have a great weekend. All right, here we go, Mike. All right. <laughs> Just running a little bit behind schedule. You know, we, we, Mike and I spend so much time <laughs> planning this out, and it never, ever goes we according to plan. We think we're on from 1 to 9 p.m. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we right. always forget the time. But we're, uh, we're fortunate to have John Thur uh, lined up in the call, and we just want to uh, yeah. go over. A lot of people are asking, you know, gee, what should I be doing with my, with, with my investments? Um, sure. What's the stock market looks like? What's the bond market look like? So we're fortunate enough to have John Thur, who's a CFA, which is a chartered financial analyst. There's many, right? many different definitions that acronym, yeah. but we'll say chartered financial analyst. Yeah, John. Hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey guys. Hey, thanks for joining us again. And uh, you know that you're so relied upon in our office. Um, you know, me as a neighbor to you in our office, but um, we we really do rely on your expertise with markets, uh, economic indicators, history, and all that stuff, um, we still see the volatility. It's now going into about six months of volatility since the end of January. Um, our president doesn't seem to slow down in terms of trying to achieve his initiatives, does he? No, he's got a lot of balls in the air, and he's working a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But I think they're all good. Um, it just creates some uncertainty. And he said it best, I think, Friday or Thursday morning, mm-hmm. an interview, he said, this stock market could be a lot higher. Mm. Wasn't doing what I was doing with tariffs. <laughs> so he, he knows that it's in the short run going to hurt a little bit. Sure. But he also said, if I don't do this now, it, there's going to be a lot more pain down the road. We're just constantly getting beat up. That seems like a smart approach to me. I mean, if you're a healthy, able-bodied person, that's the time to go ahead and take care of some of the bigger projects around your house or bigger initiatives. It's not when you're, like, stuck in bed with a flu. That's I mean, right. we have a great economy. We've got lots of people back to work, records, in fact. We could go into a long laundry list of things he's achieved already. It seems like an appropriate time to get kind of take care of some of these issues that have uh, really held us back for so many years. Hey, John, uh, one of the hot topics this week was, uh, you know, the Fed, interest rates, 
Um, what are your thoughts about uh, where interest rates are, are going and how many times um, the Fed, I guess it's going to be two more times this year that they're likely to raise interest rates? That's what the market's anticipating. And I think they'll definitely do those two uh, because I think that um, while we have low unemployment, which will be inflationary as people, as companies, can't find workers, they're going to have to go pay up to steal them from somewhere else. Mm, mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, I think this tariff uh, debacle is going to last a little longer than we all hope. And with that, it's going to bring some inflation. So between those two, I think the Fed w- will continue to raise rates at least two more times this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it will hurt the economy. Um, I've said it many times that you have to compare um, Fed funds to GDP because there is historical data that will show you that Fed funds has typically been at or above GDP. Mm-hmm. And we're not there yet. So as GDP grows, and we may get a 4% number this quarter, maybe the next two quarters, um, not to say that we'll be growing at 4% for the whole year or for two years, but if we're getting an average of 3.5% growth, mm-hmm. Fed funds ends up around 25 That's not oppressive. Sure. So, John, can you carry? Can you stay on? Uh, with, for, we'll go do a quick break, and uh, can you take maybe a call or two if they come in and stay on with us? Sure. Awesome. Awesome, folks. We're the financial guys, Mike Hayflick and Jeff Boron, in here this week for Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle, and uh, we have John Thur, chartered financial analyst, uh, investment portfolio analyst. Um, if you'd like to talk to John throughout the week, you can reach him at six three three fifteen fifteen. You might have a, a portfolio that you've, um, not that you've neglected it, but you've sort of let it go. You thought, eh, it's doing okay. But if you want to have John um, really take an advanced look at it, you might have a really strong stock portfolio combined with a bond portfolio that you've sort of thought you did okay with. Let John take a real close look at it, and he might be able to fine-tune this and get you a little bit more out of that at the risk levels you're willing to take on. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Don't turn that dial. That's some good stuff there, Jeff. I have to hand it to you. That's the hardest I work all week, picking out these songs. <laughs> That's the, the uh, truest statement you ever Oh, oh come show. on. <laughs> it's either you or I usually the last ones, you know, leaving, locking the door, know. you know, turning off the lights. Just watch it, Jeff. I but, might start unleashing my public service announcements about safe. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah drive safe, safe out the there. Can, oh, please, please. Get your suntan lotion on. We're, we're behind schedule now. We yes, can't go into I the know. long-winded <laughs> public service announcements of Mike Hayflick. <laughs> All Anyways, right, folks, that. we're fortunate enough to have John Thur uh, joining us uh, via the live line. John's our uh, chartered financial analyst, uh, really is uh, great in understanding the economy and helps guide our investment committee as one of the members into some of the different moves that we might make with the portfolios, whether it be stocks or bonds. And, you know, John, speaking of bonds, uh, a lot of people that I talk to, you know, casually, uh, either clients are saying, you know, gee, I own these bond mutual funds. And they're just not doing well. And now interest rates are going to go up maybe two more times. You know, what should I do? Um, Well, it's a little late if you own a a long fund. um, Right. Because you would have to make a decision whether I take a loss, um, Mm -hmm. sell, or do I hang in there and, you know, 
get beat up a little more. Um, the problem with um, bond funds is they don't have a maturity to them. They have a duration, but they don't have a maturity. Right. So you don't know when you're getting your money back. You don't get it back until you take it out of the fund. So they have almost like an infinite uh, time frame. So it's mm-hmm. a little more difficult um, to, to own those in a rising rate environment. So if we have to own funds, we'll stay shorter term in nature and that thereby you get hurt less because the money rolls off faster to be reinvested at the higher rates. Okay. You want to be in. So, so John, for the listeners that, that, you know, that may not talk the lingo we do every day, uh, can you kind of define for them what a short-term, intermediate-term, long-term bond uh, would look like? Sure. A short-term fund will have a duration that'll be probably less than two years. An intermediate-term may have a duration between two to four Mm-hmm. and or five and the longer term funds will have a duration longer than five and what duration is it it, it takes into account when you get back your principal through cash flow mm-hmm. if, if a bond matures or you're getting um, coupon payments every quarter that tells you when what the duration is okay so if you've got a, a bond that's five years in maturity you know at the end of five years you're going to get your money back if you have a portfolio of bonds, and over a period of time, those bonds are going to mature in that portfolio at different times, mm-hmm. it takes into account not only the maturity, but also the cash flow from the coupon to give you what the duration is. So the duration is always less than the maturity. Okay. And so what we'll try to do, we try to like blend. I mean, you don't have to be a full owner of just bonds. You don't have to be a full owner of just stocks. I mean, we try to blend portfolios based on people's risk tolerance. And I always say it's based upon your need for money and it's about your attitude about risk. So this is a bit of a fine line people have to walk right now, John, isn't it? Well, there's other ways to get um, cash flow income. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more portfolios have been adding a little higher weighting in equities by adding um, that pay a higher dividend. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those stocks paying nice dividends are paying a higher yield than bonds. Sure. So that's right. the stock market's had a little more premium to it than usual in this environment because there is no option to go to bonds because bonds are not paying enough. Right. Risk you're taking. So that's why the stock market's at a little bit more of a premium than usual. But there are private in, uh, income investments you can you can get involved in there. Mm-hmm income investments other than just bonds and the other alternative is to just stay short and Mm -hmm. that bond money is your low volatility safe money so you don't want to take a lot of risk with your bond money just to pick up a you know a couple percent more in yield right right awesome more principal if, if you don't buy the right stuff all right folks if you want to get in touch with uh with john during the week you can call our office at 633-1515 John's usually there in and out, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, if you have any uh, questions or want to get into some of the, the, the in-depth analysis that John does, feel free to give him a shout. Absolutely. John, thanks again, man, and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Can I make one more comment? Absolutely. Sure. We haven't talked about We just didn't get to talk about it on the television show, but mm-hmm. the first half of 2018, just so people understand, there were five stocks in the S&P 500 that contributed 90% of the return. Hmm. Five. Wow. What with that narrow breath, that tells you how many other stocks were down that those stocks made up for. So the market is while it's healthy, there's a lot of still a lot of opportunity to be able to buy good names mm-hmm. reasonable prices. 
Right. Wow. Five hand, five, stocks, five stocks, 90%. 90%. That's something. No that, kidding. So, folks, yeah, if you need someone to really take a good look at, at the types of stocks you're owning, whether they're gra- growth or value-oriented, um, and you're just not quite sure what, what way to turn, um, give John a call, 633-1515, and uh, he can absolutely do a great uh, portfolio analysis. And uh, maybe you think like us and you want to join us. So, right. All right. Terrific. All right, John, again, thanks John. a lot. Okay, guys, All right. hey. listen in and enjoy yourself. All right. All right. You too, buddy. Thanks. All right. We're switch gears a little behind schedule, but uh, what we want to do right now is we're going to switch gears and we're going to devote part of the show uh, to my passion, which is college planning. And what I'm running into right now, obviously, I'm getting calls, parents whose uh, son or daughter is starting this fall. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens in July and August? They get the bill. They get bills. And it's almost, it's amazing yep. when I get these calls and the parents are surprised, like, oh, I, I got to pay this bill. How, how am I going to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And, they, they and I haven't they're... worked, I haven't worked with them prior to that. And it's just a call from out of the blue. I said, well, I don't know what your situation is. Exactly. Or how did you get yourself into this situation? Mm-hmm. You know, get kind of all this way down the road and then say, well, now what do I do? So uh, we have uh, uh, kind of a, a special show. We're going to bring in, on the live line, Eric Barrett, and he's going to talk a little bit about student loans. Now, Eric is uh, taking this from a different perspective. Eric actually used to run a collection agency that just dealt with education loans. So what I wanted to do is Eric to talk a little bit about what he saw through the years that uh, he was collecting student loans and some of the horror stories so that give the parents, give the students a forewarning of, don't get yourself in this situation. So, Eric, you on the line? I'm here. Good afternoon. Hey, Eric. Good afternoon, Thanks Eric. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. Hey, our pleasure. All right, so so Eric uh, has a little bit of expertise, but unfortunately, usually when the loans are going south and going into default rate. So a little uh, about student loans. Right now, we have $1.5 trillion of outstanding student loan debt. And what's scary is the default rate is going up to about 14 15% which is kind of where you come in, right, Eric? That's right. I'm uh, unfortunately the guy on the other side. When things don't go according to plan, uh, good things happen. You know, good things don't always have the best outcome. Uh, you know, things happen in people's situation, and they do end up in a default situation to a collection uh, methodology. Uh, right now, it's, it is it's bearing up to 15% default rates. So you got about 42 million borrowers. Uh, at that $1.5 trillion that you had spoken of, and $4 million of them are actively in default, and that number grows every single day. So when it goes in default, what, so it ends up then into a collection agency, which is uh, where you, you come in. Can you tell us some stories that you uh, had witnessed or seen? Well, on, on the federal side, uh, federally backed loans, your direct loans, also known as Stafford loans, which you would get uh, through the Department of Education, uh, which is a very traditional type loan. There are other loans um, that people will utilize, uh, such as a gap loan, which would be through a private institution like your private bank uh, right. that your mom and dad might use, for example, mm-hmm. to cover the difference between what you really need to get through school uh, and what you're able to get. Uh, a lot of people make bad decisions, though, as far as how much to take uh, and things of that nature. But uh, on your federally backed student loans, they act a little differently than your traditional loans at you guys or most people are familiar with and that it goes for automobile and credit card equally as well mm-hmm. no statute of limitations on the um the government federally backed loans and you can't uh file bankruptcy so they're not dischargeable in a bankruptcy 
in theory, they will never go away, uh, ever. Uh, there are a lot of programs that they offer to assist people in repayment uh, once you, uh, you know, find yourself in that situation. So all hope is not lost by any means at that point in time, but the redefault rate is very high also because you're dealing with a lot of government entities. So once they, if you qualify for a program or two to get you back on track, I like to refer to it as getting lost in the sauce because what may happen is you're going to go through two or three different servicers mm-hmm. after they repackage your loan, put it back on the books as a performing asset, uh-huh. and then sell it you know, <laughs> to, uh, to, to China even sometimes as a buyer of these particular type of books. And uh, you could find yourself back into that scenario again. Hmm. On the private student loan side, one of the uh, things that we see a lot where there's uh, some confusion and the horror stories definitely start to get uh, accumulative is that most banks won't give a 18 or 19 year old uh, person a loan who has no, you know, no, no, little to no history whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so mom and dad do have to come in and co-sign. Uh, or grandparents uh, sometimes. So you you find a lot of people, in essence, getting student loans in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, not realizing that that loan is theirs. So they li- literally have a student loan, no different than co-signing for a car. So you'll hear a story where uh, mom will call and say, and this is on the, the private side, although there are parent plus loans that are uh, government as well, but those are, uh, mm-hmm. so those are relatively low. But you'll hear them say, uh, I'm trying to refinance my house, but I can't because I have this debt. And, uh, you know, Junior is going to take care of it, but he's going to take care of it when and how he can. So right. I don't want to, like, be left alone. And at that point, it's uh, unfortunate, but it's, it's their debt. In fact, I, uh, in most cases, you would probably call the parent first before you even call the, the student because the student's not going to have the money to pay it back. So. Hey, hey, right. Just real quick, we have about a minute and a half before a hard break. Um, can you just stay on then, Eric, just shortly thereafter, the 2 o'clock break? It would be, be my pleasure, John. Oh, great. Um, All right. So here's here's my thought on this. How how do students and their parents best avoid, and this is probably a great question for Jeff, but how do parents try to avoid this shock and surprise and dismay at getting like eight nine hundred dollar a month bills, like when juniors only a freshman in high in in college. I mean, how did what's the best way to to help them avoid it? Maybe Jeff. Yeah, well, that's that that comes into the planning process and not getting that far down the road. It's almost like saying, um, you know, I'm going to buy this this million dollar house mm-hmm. and sign all the paperwork and then all of a sudden say, well, how am I going to pay for this? Right. right. You know, I forgot about the property taxes and things like that. So that's all part of the planning process that we do. But, uh, you know, I mean, Eric, you've uh, you've probably seen, uh, you know, when students are in default, they come out of school, they've got a lot of debt, and they can't find an income that can support the debt that they have, the debt repayment. Not even close. Not even close. They didn't factor in, you know, housing, food, transportation. Uh, Usually they can't even address this bill at this time at all i mean yeah. it's not even feasible for them to to come up with any type of a repayment plan at that point in time Jeez, let's pick up on this right after a quick break uh you're listening to mike hayflick and jeff boron uh we are the financial guys here today for mike lomas glenn wiggle we're going to take a quick break you're listening to the financial guys here on news radio 930 wben the following is paid programming 
Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. It's the Financial Guys radio program. It's Mike Hayden and Jeff Boron. Oh, the special surprise. Call 803-0930. Toll free 1-800-616-WBEN. And cell calls are free at star 930. Now, live from the WBEN studios, Mike Hayflin and Jeff Boron. Wow, Frank, I feel like a celebrity. I, Thank I feel you. Like I made wow. it. I finally made yeah, we it. made it. You know, we're, we're big time now, that's, right? That's pretty cool. You Frank know, R. Curry, Frank, Jason answering phones. Honestly, he knows yes. how to dub out the Lomas and Wiggle names. It's perfect. <laughs> They do a great job to make us sound semi-decent uh, when we do fill in for the, the real superstar, Mike, uh, Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle uh, stars, right? So, um, hey, so welcome back. If you're just tuning in, we are the Financial Guys, and uh, we've been covering a lot of territory today, Joe. We've been all over the map. We're going to kind of focus back on a little bit of college. And, mm-hmm. you know, as I said, right now I've got uh, college planning, working with families in western New York. I've got two sets of calls coming in quite a bit. It's been very busy. First set are... Well, my son or daughter is going to school in the fall, mm-hmm. and I got the bill, and I don't know how we're going to pay for this. Right. And, right. you know, those are the horrible calls because, you know, what I really want to say is, well, you should have came mm-hmm. and, and talked to me about two years ago so we could set out and plan this. <laughs> so, and we're going to talk about that after, but we're fortunate enough to have Eric Barrett, who was on the other end, I, I guess you'd say the, the nasty end of, but he's seen what happens when students graduate, they've got debt, mm-hmm. and they're unable to pay it. And uh, he, so maybe when you've done it a bit the wrong way, when you the, put, the wrong way. You put so, sort of the, the glamour of a campus first. Right. So the theme here is we're going to talk a little bit to, to Eric and, and wrap up with Eric and find mm-hmm. out situations that people have gotten themselves into. And then we're going to introduce our special guest in the studio to talk about how not to get your family in this situation. So if that's the case, if you're if you're a grandparent parent. Call your family, tell them to listen because it's going to be very, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a very good session where we're going to learn how not to do it the wrong way. But yeah, uh, if you have sophomores, juniors in high school, absolutely listen to this this next segment. So, uh, Eric, quick question: What I wanted to do is kind of reframe things because when I work with uh, families, what they don't understand because they always say, "I say, how are you going to pay for college?" They, they immediately say scholarships and loans, and we'll co- cover scholarships later, but loans in the student's name for their freshman year, they can qualify for $5,500 of a Stafford loan or direct loan. After that, they typically go to a private loan, which mom and dad are going to have to co-sign. And I don't think parents sometimes understand the ramifications of them co-signing a loan with regards to credit and things like that. So could you talk a little bit about what it means to co-sign a loan and, and you know for your son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter? Absolutely. And we can also put the magnitude of the student loans in perspective mm-hmm. uh, with the, 
the stats alone is that the student loan debt right now is the second highest consumer debt category in the entire country, only second to mortgages. So it's bigger than credit cards, bigger than auto loans. Hmm. So the student loan will be, for most people, their second largest financial obligation that they'll see in their lifetime. So uh, being right out of high school, uh, possibly under unemployed or underemployed going back to school, and you're dealing with the, the private loan sector, you are going to have to get a co-signer to, to, uh, to get those loans. So that means the responsibility, the onus at, is equal on both parties. So the person who signs it and the co-signer are both 100% liable for the loan. Um, so that is a, a very big decision that has to be made as a parent myself. I know you'll do mm-hmm. for your kids. Mm-hmm. You definitely want to have a plan and have this conversation and speak to you know, individuals like yourself before you, you, you jump into that pond. Uh, you mentioned people, you know, the glamour of the school. I would definitely uh, suggest, and uh, listening to a lot of different calls over the years, I've heard everything to where I went to the school because it was my father's alma mater. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, so mm-hmm. I switched gears halfway through school, uh, and then we decided how to figure the repayment plan after I graduated, then I deferred as much as I possibly could defer sure. before I had to, you know, deal with the situation. Uh, I would suggest once you, if you're lucky enough to know what you want to be and have a career uh, path decision, I would probably figure out the, the quickest route and the cheapest route mm-hmm. to that uh, because there's going to be a lot of liability. And as we mentioned earlier, a lot of these loans are uh, they're forever loans. They're not, uh, they don't go away. Um, they only really get gone if you're totally disabled or, um, mm-hmm. you know, Right. Sure. So you have to almost work with the end in mind. I mean, figure out before you go to school, figure out at what point will I actually be working? How much will I be making? And what will my possible budget be? Yeah. And what's my investment? What's my return on investment? It's simple as that. But uh, Eric, I think you said it best when you said that, you know, parents co-signing a loan, they don't understand that's their loan. And I think the, the thing that might hit home with a lot of parents is when there's a default on that loan, you, as a collection expert, weren't calling the students saying, hey, you defaulted. You're calling mom and dad saying, you're on this loan. You better start paying us some money. Absolutely. And they really do not understand their liability. They usually say, well, it's not mine. I just co-signed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that, too. It's not mine. I just co-signed. And they say, well, wait a minute. What do you mean it's on my credit report? Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it does. It goes into your debt-to-income ratios, your ability to borrow, your credit score, all of those things get affected, yeah. and uh, I think parents are under the impression that the students can just sign for you know a hundred thousand dollars of loans in their own name. But we know that's not going to happen. No, no. Yeah. All right, Eric. Thanks a lot. We gotta we gotta run thanks and uh, us, appreciate you uh, joining us and uh, uh, helping us out understanding the wrong way to do student loans. All right, guys. You have a great day. Thank you again. Thanks. Thank you. Alrighty. Gosh, that's good stuff, and uh, it, it just really makes you think, don't just cross your fingers <laughs> as your uh, your student, your son, daughter are ready to graduate and just hope, hope that they're going to do the right thing. Well, I had uh, I had some parents come in, uh, you know, a couple months ago, and it was it was really, really scary. Their, their daughter graduated. She's got over $100,000 in student loan debt, mm-hmm. so, you know, well over $1,000 a month in repayment, you know, even though she's stretching and deferring. Sure. And she's making $13 an hour. Wow. <laughs> it, the math just doesn't add up. So I guess if you're, you know, the father said, what what should I do? 
I didn't want to be sarcastic. I really felt like telling him, well, right. you better start fixing up a nice room in the basement. Absolutely. <laughs> because and maybe she's they not going to have be... to get second jobs. Yeah, it's, and, and, and it, that's the hard it's, truth. It's though. impossible. We've got Steve on the line. We're going to try to grab that real quick before we take a break. Steve? Yeah, perfect. Question on loans. Hey, Steve. Hello there. Hey, thanks for calling. A crazy situation. Many years ago, and I was more stupid than I am now, uh, my, aunt, my buddy asked me if I would co-sign a loan for his girlfriend's daughter. Ooh. Oh. Okay. And then he says if it goes into default, he'd pay me for it. And he's been doing that. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. My, my question is, if I should die, okay, mm-hmm. does that, what happens to that loan? Technically, my buddy is not responsible for it. Is my estate responsible for it? You know, I really don't know the answer to that question. It would be something to probably ask an estate planning attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have one in our office, Tom Canavo. Mm-hmm. It might depend on how the loan's written, but I'm assuming it's a debt that your estate would have to pay off because yeah, it's it, your debt. It's sort of like the buck stops here. Right. And they'd say, Steve, this is it. And they'd want to try to settle with the estate. I don't know what the process would be, but... Uh, yeah, you can reach I, Tom in our office um, throughout the week at the 633-1515 number, Steve. And what's his name, Tom what? Tom Canavo, C-A-N-N-A-V-O. Okay. Yeah, call that's in, a real good, and, and that's a great yeah, question. I'd want to know that if, I, if, if it was me. Yeah, folks, and thanks, Steve. Thanks for calling. Um, if you do need us throughout the week, by the way, um, Jeff Boron, Mike Hayflick, we do manage money. We help people financial plan. We have specialties in our office. I, I sort of help people throughout the week with Social Security claiming strategies. So whether you're a single individual, um, a married couple, um, you may have gone through divorce. You may have unfortunately been widowed. I can help you figure out the timing of claiming your Social Security benefits. Sometimes there are really significant things that I can help you do. Um, and Jeff, helping people with college planning, not so much saving for college. It's not just, hey, let's get you into a 529 plan for your kiddo. It's how do you save on the cost of college? How do you do it in the best way? Um, we also do have Tom Canavo, a wealth management attorney, 401k plan. We we actually help certain segments of the population, veterans, law enforcement with Jay Blanchard, John Haberstro, women in investing with Abby Gwynn. We have so many things that we can help you with. Please use us as a resource. 633-1515. Um, I think we're going to take a quick break and then you quick can break. welcome our, our guest here. Perfect. All right. So we are, we'll be right back. This is Mike Hayflick, Jeff Bohr on The Financial Guys. We'll be right back after a quick break here on News Radio 930 WBEN. All righty, welcome so back. So, Mike, I'll, I'll be snooping this in this dialogue here, and, and you talk, and I'll just go, huh? <laughs> I was thinking maybe Jason had chosen that type yeah. of music. He is the longest-running guy here probably in the studios still. Well, that's because right? he's chained to that chair. Yeah. They and don't he, let him out. And he's not like 78 years old either. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> uh, welcome back, folks. We are the financial guys, Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron in studio today. And uh, we've had a little bit of a little fun here talking college college loans and college planning. And so it's we, not we've kind of we've kind of talked about what not to do. Absolutely. And it's kind of funny. We ju- we just got a text in as well. My brother-in-law has a PhD in political science with two hundred seventy-five thousand in student loan debt 
and no job. Imagine that payment. And it so, isn't honestly. I you, you'd think, ah, oh, it's a great, it's a great moment for kids going off to college. You know, it, it's it's like this, this leaving the nest and all that. It can be absolutely a tremendous, like terrible experience if this happens. Well, and I remember going to my daughter's high school graduation. Uh, it was in Williamsville, and listening to somebody from the board of education giving a speech saying. It's okay if you don't know what you want to do or you want to change your mind. You've got plenty of time. You're young. I'm thinking, on whose dime? I know. It's okay you know, to the It's okay to you it's know, okay an to eight the year principal de- of the high school giving the speech. An eight-year, four-year degree. That's okay. Oh, it's that's, just going to cost you a few dollars. Really? Which leads me to our special guest in studio. We're really happy to welcome um, a, a newest addition to Send Your Kids to College, which is our not-for-profit college planning plan. Uh, planning service, mm-hmm. work with families in Western New York. Uh, we're actually going to be doing a seminar workshop at AAA in Amherst at Sheridan and International this Tuesday at 6 o'clock. You're welcome to attend. Uh, just show up. It's in a lower level of AAA. It's about an hour workshop, but it's going to cover all the things that you should be thinking about if you've got a student who's a freshman, sophomore, junior in high school now is the time to really come, and it's purely educational. But uh, I'd like to welcome Danielle Del Monte, who is president of Prep Start Consulting. And why Danielle works with our team is she's trying to avoid, you know, the uh, the two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars in debt mm-hmm. because it took me nine years to go through school, mm-hmm. and I don't have a job. Yeah, into uh, a job market that didn't have anything related right. to what I w- got my degree in. So what yeah. what we preach um, before I introduce Danielle is we preach career major then pick college. Unfortunately, that is exactly opposite of the way I see most people do it. Most people are driving around right now with their son or daughter, who's you know mm-hmm. a junior. Uh, spending the summer looking at colleges but not understanding why and what they should look for and not having a plan and picking out a college because it was a nice place and, and not understanding mm-hmm. what's what's the sticker price, what's the net price, sure. am I going to get merit aid, am I going to get financial aid, and it's just the wrong way to do things. So we brought Danielle in, and welcome, Danielle. Thank you for having me. Excited no, to be great. here today. Well, All right. It's funny, too. A lot of our, our viewers would wonder, well, why the heck do they have someone on college planning? How does that affect you guys in the financial guys' offices? It affects us in a big way. We have a lot of clients that are trying to go from the working years of their life to retirement. Right. This and could keep you from going into retirement. Exactly. Exactly. And you can't take out loans to retire, you nope. know, when you're too old. I always tell people, you know, think about when your last son or daughter graduates from college, how many years from that point until the time you retire? Mm-hmm. It's a very short window. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're no, seeing all the time that there really is way more of an emphasis on the college versus um, the student. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. What are the students' goals? Where are they going to be? Kind of looking ahead and then kind of rewinding that. Mm-hmm. Um, because really we're seeing a lot of parents even saying, oh, like you said, my, my, son's, uh, my friend's son went here. He loves it. Well, that doesn't mean it's a great fit for their child. Right. Financially, culturally, academically, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so tell us about the process that you go through with a student 
so that that we're not making mistakes. Exactly. So when I when I personally work with a student, um, I look at many factors, but the three main factors I would say to really um, look at the best college fit for the student is academic, financial, which we're going to talk about the most today, and mm-hmm. social, which is you know kind of like you know the campus life type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at those three things, you really want to align the student's interests with the school. Um, you know, budgetary from budget standpoint, from an academic interest standpoint, and I want to talk about academics because mm-hmm. you mentioned some people have no clue what they want to do. And the high school years is really the time to start exploring that, right? So right. if you're working with a sophomore, junior, senior that says, I have no clue what I want to do, it, that's the time to really get them involved in an internship or shadowing a professional during the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's a certain a part-time job that exposes them to an industry that they may really like mm-hmm. and also giving them an opportunity to learn what they don't like, right? So they're right. not wasting years in, in school you know, studying something they don't That's a great point, want. Danielle, because, I, and I, I think I've said this before, my own experience was, Hey, Mike, you're good at math and science. Why don't you go into engineering? And I didn't even know what engineering was. Exactly. I still probably don't. They you know, told me I, to go into that. I have so. engineer clients, and I still say, what do you do? <laughs> but anyway, I was sort of pushed. And instead of like, instead of me feeling compelled or almost mm-hmm. like there was this big magnet attracting me to it because it was the right fit. Exactly. I think that, you know, when you're looking at what do you want to do, it's figuring that out early to save your, you're going to save your child a lot of time and money in the long run. And I think also, um, you know, when you look at colleges, the colleges are going to sell you on all the bells and whistles, right? Their new rock climbing wall, their mm-hmm. new dormitories. Well, all those things are nice. They're not going to, they're not going to matter when you come safe out of school spaces. and have loans to pay back. All exactly. Safe exactly. So I always, <laughs> in terms of college visits and questions to ask um, a college, I always say, look at retention rates, right? How many mm-hmm. students are graduating within that four to six-year timeline. That really reflects on the school's um, student advisement, how quickly they can get students in and out um, in terms of, you know, the academic path and getting them out working in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, Job and internship placement, right? Are are there internship opportunities so the student can make themselves marketable coming out of school? Mm -hmm. And really also, um, you know, Looking at hidden costs, and I think Jeff, you talk, you know, we talk about this all the time. But really, you know, going to a school in Los Angeles, coming from Buffalo, well, you're going to pay for, you know, flights every year, coming home at Christmas break, Thanksgiving. So those hidden costs, a lot of times, are not um, really looked at heavily enough. Not at all. And I I think one of the biggest costs that I see that that families just are not prepared for is the fact that there's a good probability, a high probability, that your son or daughter may not graduate in four years. So there's a fifth or sixth year graduation rate for many of these schools, and they're publishing their six-year graduation rate for a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. And I always say the most expensive year of college is your fifth year because you've got the additional year of cost, and you've got the additional year where you should have been working, having an income, but you're going to school instead. So, Daniel, do you know, you know how many students are not graduating in four years? Well, statistically, um, I have it right in front of me, actually. Um, the, the six-year graduation rate for first-time full-time students is only at about 50 to 60 percent. Six-year graduation rate. Yes, that's six-year. Wow. Holy cow. And that's, yeah, that is um, a recent, a pretty recent statistic. Oh, my gosh. So so what are some of the biggest factors? Like, I know that one of the stats I remember was, oh, you go in into a college as a freshman, there's a one-third chance that you're going to transfer out. 
after your freshman year. Is that one of the reasons? But what are some of the other reasons? It yeah. takes six years now. A lot of it, well, I think you know, you can, you'll know can you be able to weigh in on this, Jeff, but a lot of times they run out of money, right? If you go to a school and then come the third year, I've, wow. I've heard of parents saying, you know, we don't know how we're going to pay this bill. So then what happens is the student's out of school for a semester until the parents can come up oh with the money. Um, so that's one reason, obviously, not having a career in mind, switching majors two, three, even mm -hmm. four times. Um, that's why I really just having a, an idea in mind and is, going to a college with with at least two to three academic programs that interest you mm -hmm. is a first step because sometimes students get so caught up in, you know, the city, which, you know, of course is a factor, but the city and the Greek life and mm -hmm. more superficial factors that really aren't going to be, you know, that impactful. At they the won't end show the up on the resume. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Once yeah. you're out of school, there might not be the frat parties that you experienced while you were in school. Exactly. So, um, we're going to be coming up on a break, I think, right at 2.30. So um, I know Danielle will be with us after that break, but um, I, I like what you said about, like, the social, academic, financial fit. Yep. And, it, you know, I have a daughter who wants to play softball, and, and mm -hmm. it's now an athletic fit. So four things, but it's really um, – it's so – hard to focus on the right things because the easiest thing to do is go to a campus walk around talk to the different you know mm -hmm. ad admissions people talk to coaches that's all easy and you can mm -hmm. really get wrapped up in i like that guy i love this campus <laughs> exactly. i like the dorm room and it's not right. even the significant thing and, and what's interesting is you think about it when they're showing you the campus you schedule a tour it's a scheduled tour mm -hmm. they're not going to show you any of the bad parts of the campus know, it's almost like I you're know. selling your house yourself and you're saying right. well don't look at that moldy corner of the basement you know that's that leaks right. that's exactly they right. only are going to show you the good things so there's much more to prepare than just stopping at a campus and walking around on a guided tour. Right. When we get back from a break, um, you know, feel free to call, by the way. John, I see you're on deck here. Um, we'll come out to John in Rochester in a moment. Um, Danielle Del Monte, president of Prep Start Consulting. She's going to be back here with us and uh, try to help guide you, um, <laughs> maybe not the students. I don't know how many students are listening right now, but <laughs> parents, parents and grandparents, listen and call your your family and say get on WBEN 930 right now and listen to some of this great advice. Um, I'm Mike Hayflick. We're going to take a quick break here on News Radio 930 WBEN. <laughs> Just love it. We don't let Frank pick music out when we're on, you know? I just feel like I'm moving my. I, I look terrible doing it. <laughs> I go from Dr. Dre to Al Green. You know, it's, <laughs> anyways, you know what? Uh, John's been patiently holding. Why don't we grab John? He's got a question on student loans, and yeah. hopefully we can help him out. And let me just say this real quick. So, um, as Danielle and I are, are waiting for the break to end, we're chatting. You know, and I, I said, I, I just think you're doing a fabulous job. Like, and she says, Oh, it's the first time I've been on radio. I said. It's a, it's great. Like, and <laughs> the, the, what comes out, honestly, you know your stuff. Oh, and this thank is you. really important that. stuff. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so John from Rochester. John um, wants to talk a little bit about student loans. John? Yeah, well, I've got a question regarding, uh, uh, for Danielle, regarding sure. back in, uh, I think, 2009, 2010, there was a major shift in how student loans were held. And didn't the government mandate that uh, they take control of the portfolio of student loans nationally? Mm -hmm. That's correct, John. Uh, it was back around that time. I, prior to that time, as I've been doing college planning since 2003, and I used to work with a, a loan company out of Phoenix, Arizona. Their name was Next Student, and they had 
about 300 different agents helping families with picking the right loans and you know they they shopped all the loans for everybody and it was a great service they went from 300 to zero almost overnight because the government came in and just took control basically of that that process of all the federal loans my question would be did that did that hurt uh, if you take the private sector out of anything and insert the government it's been my observation that we're worse <laughs> off <laughs> you know the um, the the loan the the terms of the loans really haven't changed much i know the I had a call yesterday, and somebody was, you know, looking at a couple different loans, and they, they said, "Wow, these federal loans have a pretty high origination cost," which, which they do. There's a lot of hidden little costs and fees, but most of that work is being done. Most of the private loans are being taken out online. Uh, the government injected, you know, it's kind of a tutorial that students have to go through mm -hmm. before they take out the loan, which I think is a good thing because it's teaching them this is what debt is, this is what it's going to mean. Mm -hmm. You're taking out $5,500 in a student loan. Here, here's what it's going to do. Here's here's what having a loan means. Mm -hmm. That part I like. Um, I can't say that uh, that service is bad because most of it is done online. Uh, so unless their servers go down, mm -hmm. you know, it's... Oh. It, it, don't don't <laughs> count that out. Don't count that, right. <laughs> well, hey, Amazon couldn't figure that out either for Prime Day, right? Right, exactly. They, they crash. If they crash, you know, God help us. I know, right. But uh, <laughs> I don't think it's, you know, I think it put a lot of people out of, out of work in the private sector, John, but I don't think it's really changed the dynamics of a loan itself to a student. Okay, okay. And then my uh, final question is uh, mm -hmm. illegal aliens... Are they eligible for student loans? You know, that's that's Gosh, a good you question. Gotta, I you, you got me on so. that one. I, I really don't don't know. Or do they end up just getting enough financial aid from the schools where they don't even need need to take out loans? That's right, because <laughs> they're they're probably not working. They're mm -hmm. probably on our taxpayer dollar. Right. And so they're probably probably qualifying for the Max Pell grant and TAP. And, and who would and co sign everything. for them? No, that, that's right. Honestly, they, they don't have any backing, right? Airmail to Mexico. Honestly, yeah, yeah, trust me. Um, you know, if there's a program to, to help, especially in New York, I'm sure it's being done, John, but I really don't know hmm. uh, if they qualify for loans, but they might not have to take out loans. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for calling, John. Hey, have a great weekend, and uh, as, you, as you know, don't ever be a stranger. <laughs> Thanks, John. Yeah, so uh, good questions. I... I uh, I don't know. I, I can't imagine any um, illegal immigrants are going to ever say, oh, I didn't have enough. Well, pretty much, you know, for a Stafford loan, pretty much every student is guaranteed that loan. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just don't know if you have to have U.S. citizenship. Yeah. I'm going to just do uh, real quick, Danielle, if you, you don't mind being patient with us. We have sure. a, a call coming in from some friends of ours. And um, these are friends from the GA Family Services Foster Care Program. We're just going to hear a little bit from uh, Morgan. Morgan's on our hotline. Morgan, are you there? I am, and I'm here with Emily Ward as well. Oh, terrific. So we have Morgan Schumacher and Emily Ward. They are family resource coordinators from the GA Family Services Foster Care Program. And uh, I have to be honest, I Googled GA Family Services, and I, I found it's a, it's, it stands for Gustavus Adolphus. Correct. Oh my gosh! All right, I was just I was I like, like really better. stressing all day. Like I hope I say that right. But anyway, th this must be the gentleman who you know the inspiration for this this foster care program originated from. Yes, 
he came over and started a children's home okay. in Korea, and then the um, whole organization has just expanded from that. Wow. And so you're in West Seneca, but I know you have different um, different branches, like I think at Jamestown branch. Um, what does your agency do? So we offer a program for at-risk children and families in the Western New York area with the goal of keeping families together. Mm-hmm. So our job is certifying and training foster parents. Um, and we then match foster parents with kids entering foster care who are in need of a safe and nurturing home. And then we provide ongoing support to the foster parents, to the children, and to their families throughout the entire process that they're working with us. Mm-hmm. How, how long does it take? Like if someone says, I, I'm really interested in, in foster parenting, um, how long of a process is that to to basically become approved and maybe actually be blessed then to become a foster parent? So we have an 11-week certification training program. So after we go out into your home to kind of get to know you and your family a little bit more, we welcome you into our 11-week training program. So that's once a week at our office. Mm -hmm. Um, So where you guys are learning how to, kind of how our program works and just the different kind of practices and information that you would need to know in becoming a foster parent. Um, And then throughout that process, we are doing background checks and clearances. And then we are also writing a home study so that we can make a successful match when children come into care and come into your foster home. Wow. That's like a, what a great position. It must be so rewarding. Is it sometimes frustrating for both of you? (laughs) Come on, be honest. It's actually, we work with a lot of very wonderful families and our staff is very supportive and and has just created a very, we have a very team-based approach. Mm -hmm. Kind of everybody is a familiar face to all of our families and all of our children. So it's a great atmosphere to be a part of. And don't get me wrong, I, 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 it's got to be just so rewarding. But sometimes the time involved and the, you know, the process of trying to connect people, you know, into sort of a loving family together, it might be way longer than you wish it, it would have to take, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any different events coming up that you, you know, people could be aware of to find out more about you? We do. So we have um, those pre-certification classes starting again in September. So we have some families signed up already, and we are welcoming new families in as well. Um, And we'll be at the Erie County Fair in the lower grandstand with mattress firm. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fairs going on. You guys can come and talk to us. We'll have a table there, and our staff members will be there to answer any questions. Awesome. Um, And then we are doing our first annual Walk for Kids at Canal Side. Um, so you can register for as a walker through our Facebook page or on our website. Tell, tell us what the Facebook page is. What do what do people love look for? It is GA Family Services Foster Care. Ah, okay, GA Family Services Foster Care, and and our website yep. is gafamilyservices.org. Perfect, perfect. Gosh, that's awesome. We really appreciate you coming on today and. Honestly, folks, if you're out there and you're wondering, even if you just want to explore what that might be all about, the parent, foster parenting, um, what a blessing it is if you can then be so helpful to, to children who need you. And, I mean, it's really, isn't it just, a, you know, what, what people get out of it? Don't I mean, they give a lot, but don't they get the same amount? I mean, it's just got to be the most rewarding thing, talking to people that have taken this on. They definitely get a good experience. Um, the kind of the thing that sticks with us the most is one of our foster families said that it not only really has a positive impact on themselves, but also on their children in their home and all the children that kind of come into their home, whether it's their children's friends, their nieces, their nephews, 
everybody kind of kind of sees what it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the grass isn't always greener. And so, you know, people always contact us wishing they would have done it sooner, but there's no better day than today. You know, that's a great point. We have some neighbors, friends that um, have be- been foster parents of many children. And the funny thing is when we first met them, we didn't even know who the foster children were, who the, you know, more biological children were. They just all got along. They all loved each other. You know, they all took care of each other. And that was the neatest thing to me. Like they, I said that they're, they're successful foster parents. They, they made it look like nothing different. <laughs> Yeah, that's always the goal for us. That was great. Guys, ladies, thanks for calling in. Let me just, again, this is Emily Ward, Morgan Schumacher of, uh, here we are, GA Family Services Foster Care Program. You can actually reach them at 668-0490. Is that right, ladies? Yeah. 668-0490. You can find them on Facebook. They have some uh, events coming up, Erie County Fair, Walk for Kids. Ladies, thank you for what you do. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, Our pleasure. Thanks. Very nice. All right, you want to take a, a, yeah. a real quick break, Frank? Yeah, a real quick break, and uh, we'll be right back here. We're going to finish our show talking to Danielle Del Monte, president of Prep Start Consulting, focusing on the student positioning side of college, um, making the right choices before you go into mountains and mountains of debt. I'm Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron here in studio with Danielle Del Monte. Uh, we're just going to take a quick break. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Frank, I thought we would hear our special intro one more time. <laughs> my ego, my ego is so big right now. I know, I, I know. I'm, I'm a we're, little let down. We're real. <laughs> Anyways, folks, welcome back. We're the financial guys. If you need us during the week, please give our office a call six three three one five one five. Mike Hayflick, Jeff Boron in studio, and we're pleased to have our special guest Danielle Del Monte, who is president of Prep Start Consulting, and what she does is work with families, in particular the students, to help guide so we're not making the wrong decisions and paying for it later. So, Danielle, I'd, I'd ask, let's say I'm a parent, I'm a grandparent, the student is a sophomore or junior in high school, and, of course, you know, having been a parent of, you know, a junior, sophomore in high school, what do you want to do? What do you want to go to school for? I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's the next step? Mm-hmm. So they they call, they sit down with you. How yeah. can you help them kind of start planning for the rest of their life so they're not making bad decisions, changing majors, changing colleges, mm-hmm. doing all that which is very very expensive. Sure. Well, I like to always, you know, clarify the college admissions process really starts junior year. Um, But the conversation about college really should start as early as freshman or sophomore year, where you should really encourage your student to just start exploring their interests beyond, you know, their academic studies, right? I mean, school only exposes you to a certain, you know, certain subject matters, which is fine. But have them really start thinking about different occupations. I mean, people in your family, family friends, they all have different jobs. Have Mm -hmm. them really have a dialogue with other people and start exploring what they may be interested in. And I usually, when I sit with parents and students, I have them actually, um, I give the students some homework and they really have to research what it is that you know would be required to pursue a certain 
um, career? Would it be, um, what degree would be involved in that? Mm-hmm. What would the internships look like? Really, and what's an entry-level salary in that in that career? And I don't mean to make it all about money, but we're on a, fun, a money show. And mm-hmm. this is important because a student should have an idea as to what their entry-level salary will be in terms of um, paying student loans back, right? So when we look at maybe a $30,000 entry-level salary and the student potentially could owe, I don't know, a monthly loan payment of $800, Oof. well, let's, let's look at that. And usually students are a little bit surprised to see that that um, comparison, but it's really not too early to start having those conversations like, mm-hmm. hey, if you go to this college and incur this much in loans, making this entry-level salary, this is kind of where you're going to be at. You yeah. might have to make some cuts in other ways. Some of these <laughs> these interactions you might have with your kids, I'm just speaking mm-hmm. from experience, they don't have to be like like scheduled. Exactly. They're just like throughout <laughs> life. Like I, I literally, my older daughter is, going, is, is in a physician assistant mm-hmm. program here in, in a school here in town almost because of a mishap I had. Like I had to go to an urgent care, they took care of me, and her, my daughter, and this hmm. this wonderful PA, young female PA, they just hit it, hit it off and they said, oh, what do you do? Like, is this what you do all day? Yeah, oh, Michaela, if you do this, you know, hey, if you're interested, in, you know, text me and this and that. And it was by happenstance exactly. in a way that and you take the advantage of those moments. Yes, and I will say this, um, you know, I, I'm working with some students now who are really interested in, like, position assistant programs like your daughter, mm-hmm. and you really do have to account for those post-undergraduate um, years, right? So yes. if you go to a certain school that costs a certain amount and you're definitely planning to get a master's degree or a law, a law degree, sure. you know, that's something to think about too. A lot of times people just look at the four-year plan and they're not really right. looking ahead. Right. right, right, right. And coming up with, you know, okay, like I said, college is an investment. You need to have a return on that investment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Danielle, I'm sure you've seen it as, as I've seen through the years when parents come in and say, well, it's not my decision. It's, it's really, you know, my son or daughter's decision. And I say to them, do you really want to have a 17-year-old be 100% responsible for making a quarter of a million dollar decision? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I notice too, a lot of parents, and some of it's just that they haven't given enough thought to it, but really be realistic about what you are going to give your kids financially each year of their college education because a lot of students don't know you know with they it's right. a lot of there's a lot of unclear answers and sure. you know it's really important to have that dialogue starting really junior year as mm-hmm. the college admissions process starts or even sooner but just say hey you know maybe it's ten thousand dollars a year and then the rest of the students going to take on in loans right I and mean, i sat down with a family the other day and i you know i laid out all the numbers i looked at their retirement where they were heading because, as I say, you can't take out loans for retirement. So I stop parents from doing things like, let's take out a $100,000 loan for my 401k. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, or on a home equity line of credit. Right. Or parents just almost paid, but we've got, we've got great credit. Let's go do a home equity line of credit or a loan. And we'll do, we'll do a lot for our kids. Most of us will do anything for our kids. We love our kids, but don't, don't risk your financial future Absolutely. just to pay for college because you can't make that back up. Typically, you're mm-hmm. you're almost 60 years old, late 50s when your son or daughter graduates from college, and you, you can't go out there and make that back up. You and, don't have the our, time. Our, our friend earlier who called into the show, he, he said, you, you can't, you, that doesn't go away in bankruptcy. That's right. <laughs> student loans don't go away. Everything else might, but not student loans. So um, so on a day-to-day basis, Danielle, what do you do? How, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, if someone was going to sort of strike up a relationship to try to begin this journey of making good choices, um, what do they do? Well, they reach out um, via phone or email. Um, email is prepstartconsulting at gmail.com. The, my direct phone number is 716-597-8854. 
Um, and really, the process, I mean, I offer a free consultation where I meet with both the parents and the student. We just really go over their interests, their goals, you know, their situation. Mm-hmm. And I really customize a program for that student. And I, I always like to note that because every student's different. Every mm-hmm. student, you know, situation is very um, varies. And it's really important that I customize a timeline of services um, and personalized help that they get um, for for their specific college search. That's a great approach because I know in our office, like we tell people, maybe we'll become partners. Let's start this process though. Let me get to know you as a person. Let me tell you about how we, the financial guys, do things. Then we'll show you all sorts of products, tools and things, investing tools and so forth. But the end is not always the same for every client, every household. Absolutely not. I mean, everybody, as Jeff knows, is in a different financial situation. Um, Students Mm -hmm. vary dramatically with their academics, um, you know, who they are as a student in terms of their goals, their career um, aspirations, where they want to go to school. I mean, a lot of students will stay here locally, but a lot of students have dreams of going out of town. Well, that's a whole new world. You know, it's funny. I have some friends that, uh, one, one in particular I'm thinking of, and he has three kids. Uh, one, uh, actually two will now be in college this coming fall. He says, Mike, we don't let them stay home. We make them go away. <laughs> I said, really? He goes, absolutely. My wife and I both went away. It was great for us to learn how life is outside of the house, sure. become responsible. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Parents are pushing <laughs> well, the kids out. every you know? family is different. And I think you know one thing that Jeff and I have talked about extensively really is the cost of dorming. So if you do go mm-hmm. away, you're automatically incurring room and board. Um, and that's something to look at. I mean, if you're on a tight sure. budget and you don't want your students saddled with as many loans as other students are, it's really important to take a look at that and say, how can maybe, you know, is commuting an option, yeah. right? I mean, even if it's just for a, a couple of years, if you can work it out that way. People get sticker shock, but the, you know, what I see is the cost of room and board for, it's not a full year, obviously. They're, they're mm-hmm. there for two semesters, thirteen to $15,000, yeah. depending on what part of the country you're in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you look at that versus the cost of, a small apartment and mm-hmm. you know the the amount of food that they're going to eat it's an expensive proposition Absolutely. it's great to add to the college experience but you've got to be prepared for that budget you know what's funny too i, I think we can plan a lot right we could start as freshmen sophomores you know, parents mm-hmm. of those kids and you could think oh i'm doing all the right things you don't know what their experiences are going to be until they're on campus exactly. they're spending evenings and into their nights and you know waking up on a campus they have, you know, new friends, new professors, a new surrounding. I had a, uh, one of my friends, his daughter has now graduated from uh, college. She ended up on a campus and then suddenly found out she was gluten intolerant. Hmm. And that was not the case as a kid or even as a high school student. Suddenly here she is dealing with all those new things and that. So if you don't plan and then you have unexpected things come up, it's even worse. Exactly. Yeah. Every student's experience really does end up being different. And, you know, there's nothing wrong also in looking at um, a two-year college and transferring into another school. That mm-hmm. tends to be a good option for kids that really have no clue what they want to do, want to explore some options and need a little bit more time to explore those options and end up saving money in the sure. process. Right. And, and doing so cost effectively rather than spending forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year right. to try to find yourself. Why does there seem to be like a, almost the stigma about two-year, you know, the community colleges? I don't know. It's it's gotten better. I think you know with workforce development and so many yeah. trades. I think um, you know that's 
you know, changed a little bit, but sure. I do think that more and more students are being becoming and parents are becoming educated just because of the student loans. Right. And the trades, like the trades, yeah. like being a welder, a plumber, an electrician. These are high, high paying jobs. You and very marketable. There, you know, right. there's not enough of those workers out there. I have a lot of retired folks that were those those other positions, like you know, being hands on, yeah. and they can't. They, they can't tell their clients no because there's so much work out there. But I, have you ever come across, Danielle, anyone who you've said, boy, I just don't think it's your time to, to go off to any college yet or stick around, do a community college? Yes, I have talked to parents who actually, um, well, the students rather kind yeah. of think that they need a gap year. And a lot right. of times, you know what, that's fine. Let them do maybe, you know, work work a job where they're still, mm -hmm. ex you know, exposed to the business world. They're still gaining really valuable skills, but they're just not really quite ready for that leap to college. And that right. is sometimes an option for a lot of students. Right. Nice. There's nothing you, wrong with that. And you can yeah. be a liaison. Like, I think that's that's got to be one of the the best roles you can play is listen you know you folks have lived together you've got a 17 18 year old and parents exactly. strong personalities they want to get out of the house right they want to become independent here comes Danielle she can kind of be the buffer and I think really quick I know um really the thing to remember is that these these students have had years of structure right and mm -hmm. and being basically being told what to what classes oh, to take yeah. what to do what sports and activities to go to and when sure really now the college you know looking at colleges there's a whole new element of freedom and choices that these students have never really had before so it's important for parents to also keep that in mind it's not their students are gonna you know might be a little bit overwhelmed and it's gonna take a little longer for those decisions to come to fruition sure so and Danielle you'll be joining us uh, at our college planning workshop, yes. which will be at AAA on International Drive in Sheridan, right in Williamsville, starting at 6 o'clock Tuesday evening. So if you want to join, just uh, feel free to join. It's a, it's a, it's a big room. So uh, you can either, either pop in or even yeah, call 6315. Yeah, if you want, you can call our office to reserve a seat at 633-1515. But it's, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big room. It's about an hour. We'll talk about student positioning, which Daniel, Danielle does. We'll be talking about SAT and ACT preparation and how important that is. And I'll be talking about the financial aspects of college and how to reduce the cost of college, how to pay for it without ruining your retirement. Awesome. We have about a minute and a half here. And last plug, don't forget, our yeah. scholarship is yes. ending. The Send Your Kids to College Young Achiever Scholarship. Applications are due July 31st. So if your son or daughter, grandchild, has not applied and they're a Western New York student, make sure they go to sendyourkidstocollege.com and apply for the scholarship. It's Western New York students only, and it's $3,000 in scholarships. Awesome. Sendyourkidstocollege.com scholarship for Danielle. To reach her directly, prepstart consulting, no spaces, no hyphens, nothing, prepstartconsulting.com, and her phone number is 716-597-8854. I'll do that again. Five nine seven eight eight five four. Danielle, can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a beautiful Saturday, and here you are in a, 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 a radio studio. Um, we are going to wrap this up. I just wanted to real quick before we uh, before we cut loose for the rest of the day and let the uh, WBEN day continue to unfold. Um, of course, you know that Esther Goulias, the tax lady, will be here. I see Chris. Thank you. Yeah, Chris behind the glass here. He's ready to go. And um, if you need us throughout the week, we do manage money for a living. We're financial planners, wealth managers. Um, you can reach us uh, at 633-1515. We'd love to have you come through a homework process. Come and see what we do. See if we're a little different. See if we're different than anyone else you've ever worked with. See if there might be a good partnership for you to help you reach all of those goals that you may have. 
We have a great team, a great team. So 633-1515, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at FinGuys. You can even check us out at thefinancialguys.com. Don't change that dial. We are going to sign off and hand this on over to EG Tax. Folks, it's been a lot of fun. Hope you have a great weekend. This is News Radio 930 WBEM.